0: Somewhere deep inside yourself, you know that something is amiss with the world. Let's be real. Bond yields are zero. Equities' PE ratios make no sense. The fiat money stock chart, M2, looks like it's been drawn by a child with a crayon. The best in Bitcoin made audible. I am Guy Swan, and this is Bitcoin Audible. what is up guys welcome back to bitcoin audible i am guy swan your host the guy who has read more about bitcoin than anybody else you know and uh we have got a really fun short little piece on uh, arcane research um which uh they've actually got a number of really great reports and i'm not 100 percent sure if i have read any of these reports on the podcast um i'm gonna kind of dig back through and see. Um, there's one that's uh, really great called the Institutionalization of Bitcoin. That's a, that's a hell of a word, Institutionalization. Um, but uh, this is a piece by Eric Wall. I think everybody knows Eric Wall. Um, a great one to follow on Twitter. And uh, part of the Arcane Research team. Uh, I think he's, where is it? Chief Investment Officer, yes, uh, with that crew. And he's got, uh, just on their blog, just some really great... These are called Eric's November Thoughts. That's what this piece is called. And it was written uh, yesterday. It was posted yesterday. And it's hilarious how outdated it is because it starts with the Bitcoin price, um, which is like $1,800 higher than it was. (laughs) Um, But uh, uh, this was just a really great piece that I thought was perfect to share, really short, and uh, will probably uh, just spark a lot of conversation, I think. Real quick. We have two wonderful sponsors for this show that we want to thank. And uh, they are literally the two core pieces of the, the Hold Your Own Keys Bitcoin package. We have an excellent non custodial mobile wallet. Uh, it's got a uh, Hexa wallet, has mobile accounts, built in batching, and seedless backup. You guys know I rave about the batching. Um, and then now we've got a secure, simple, and open source hardware wallet. They've got that, that Swiss security mindset, the BitBox O2. And this is legit. These two things, a good hardware wallet and a good mobile wallet, are the core of the Bitcoin sovereignty package, guys. So check them out. at uh, Check out the Hexa wallet at guyswan.com slash Hexa. And then that pretty little uh, sleek hardware wallet at guyswan.com slash BitBox. I'm totally just going to start using everything with GuySwan.com redirects. It's just too freaking easy. Hat tip to Gary Leland for uh, uh, giving me that idea um, because that has saved me buttloads of time. (laughs) So let's go ahead and get into Eric Wall's piece. This is Eric's November thoughts. $16,236.40 per Bitcoin. It feels like the question on everybody's mind right now is whether this is the beginning of another monstrous Bitcoin bull run. But at the same time, I'm not sure who would think that it isn't. Why wouldn't it be? In this moment, it's as if all our wishes are coming true. If you cannot clearly see why this is, let's jog our memory together. Let me make clear that I'm not writing this to incite hype. $16,236.40 per Bitcoin isn't the only price Bitcoin is trading at right now. It is also the exact price point at which I once shorted Bitcoin almost three years ago. In the article titled Shorting the Great Bitcoin Bull, I laid out my arguments for why I thought the market was penetratingly overheated and why the assumptions people were making were off. I'd have no trouble writing a similar article today if the circumstances were the same. But that simply isn't the case. The year 2020 has been a two-sided coin for Bitcoin. On the one hand, we're witnessing the greatest monetary expansion in the history of the developed world. An absolute dream scenario for Bitcoin. On the other hand, Bitcoin not only suffered tremendously, loss of 60% during the coronavirus crash, but it also traded like a leveraged S&P 500 ETF for substantial periods of time after that. Throughout this turmoil, we've all been waiting for the right pieces to come together so that Bitcoin could break free from those shackles. The first thing we needed was for the looming threat of a total market collapse to dissipate. With the S&P 500 trading at its all-time high, even while the much-dreaded winter surge of coronavirus cases is upon us, It's unclear if the market is rallying because of the Pfizer vaccine optimism or because the game is rigged either way. The virus equals quantitative easing. No virus equals good. A symphony of positivity. With that out of the way, a symphony of positivity has been coming together for Bitcoin. In this ensemble, Paul Tudor Jones sounded the trumpet in May and the first violin. The corporate treasury narrative following the announcements by MicroStrategy Incorporated and Square came in like unsuspecting bassoons in August and September. The acknowledgments from other renowned investors in November, Bill Miller and Druckenmiller, were the Basset horns accompanying Paul Tudor Jones' tune. And not to forget PayPal, the October clarinet. While the orchestra has been playing, Bitcoin has effectively decoupled... From the S&P 500. During the last 30 days, Bitcoin is up 40%, while the S&P is flat at plus 1.26%. And as you may know, looking at where the volumes are coming from paints an even more interesting picture. Retail volumes are still a far cry from their 2017 high, but open interest on institutional venues, CME and Bact are at all-time highs, the number of large traders at the CME even doubling this year alone. What's important to understand here is that these are not FOMO-driven investments by random schmucks hoping to make a fast buck. These are signals that indicate that Bitcoin is at last emerging as something belonging in the serious allocator's portfolio. That's why Bitcoin is demonstrating its longest streak above 10000 with such confidence this time around. 113 days and counting, almost twice the previous record. Because it's not about some speculative craze that could falter on a whim. These are calculated investments underbuilding a price that the market now thinks is fair and valid. Psychological Warfare What this symphony amounts to is a form of psychological warfare on no coiners. It was easy to dismiss Bitcoin in 2017 and 18. If you wanted to be negative, there were plenty of reasons to choose from. Bitcoin was internet drug money gone tulip bulb that you had to scan your driver's license for and send off to some website to acquire. In 2017, Ray Dalio called Bitcoin a bubble, while Jamie Dimon called it a fraud. The next year, Warren Buffett called it rat poison squared, while Bill Gates said that he'd short it if he could. And by the end of 2018, it had crashed to $3,200. Surely, if you wanted to find an excuse to spend your mental energy on something else other than understanding what, quote, a computer network solving complex mathematical puzzles really meant, it was not hard to rationalize that decision. However, it's when Bitcoin comes back at you for a second time that something uncomfortable starts to happen in your head. If you really were right about Bitcoin, then why is it coming back? Why would a bubble pop and inflate again after it has popped? Why is Paul Tudor Jones talking about Bitcoin as if it's a hedge against the great monetary inflation? Why is Druckenmiller claiming that it's likely to be a better bet than gold? Why is Bill Miller predicting that it's soon going to be a ubiquitous part of every major bank an investment firm's portfolio. Somewhere deep inside yourself, you know that something is amiss with the world. Let's be real. Bond yields are zero. equities PE ratios make no sense. The fiat money stock chart, M2, looks like it's been drawn by a child with a crayon. Even if Bitcoin is rat poison squared, at least the supply is finite. Among all the people that I've met that were skeptical of Bitcoin, they share one trait. You don't change your mind on the first encounter. While you may pick up one or two good arguments in favor of Bitcoin over a dinner conversation at some point, those arguments take time until they have a real impact on your frame of mind. Good arguments need to marinate in your brain for an extended period before they start to seep in and challenge your understanding. It takes two nudges to convert a no-coiner. The vast majority of people got their very first nudge in 2017. These people are now primed for that second nudge, which is coming in roaring. The amount of actual no-coiner conversation that will happen this time around will be vastly different from three years ago if Bitcoin becomes a dinner table topic once again. Meanwhile, during these last three years, The builders of this industry have been carefully preparing for this moment, putting the infrastructure in place to accommodate the demands of our new converts. Zooming out. It's interesting to note that both Arthur Hayes and Mike Novogratz predicted in March and April that we would see $20,000 by the end of the year. Zooming out, it may be comforting to learn that what's currently playing out was entirely predictable. The matter of the fact is that it's simply a reasonable price for Bitcoin in this environment. $16,236.40 is not a high valuation. A $300 billion market cap is 3% of gold's $10 trillion. That may have felt unsubstantiated in 2017, but it isn't now. It's a perfectly reasonable valuation. And the orchestra has just started playing. Spot on. Just a really, really great one. And Eric Wall uh, does not have any uh, reserves about, or reservations about uh, telling it like it is. Uh, He will be bearish when he is bearish and bullish when he thinks he's bullish. You can trust Eric Wall to tell you the truth. And uh, he'll, uh, he'll very happily tell you what you don't want to hear if that's what he thinks. Um, so that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's really great. Uh, that's, you know, that comforts me. That's why I follow Eric Wall. And, of course, why you should as well. I'll have the link to this piece on the Arcane Research blog, uh, which is research.arcane.no. And then, of course, to Eric Wall's Twitter page in the show notes and on the post at bitcoinaudible.com. And by the way, on that, I've got my boy Jonathan has been working every week doing 20, 20 to 30 posts every single week, updating, formatting, getting images and posting it all uh, for me on BitcoinAudible.com. And I've just got to say a huge thank you for taking that off of me and for uh, working as consistently as he has, he has absolutely killed it, and it has been a godsend to be able to rely on him and uh, pay him in lightning. He accepts Bitcoin because obviously he's awesome. So that resource is really coming together. Um, uh, Check out bitcoinaudible.com. I still don't have everything. I've still got like some main pages to uh, work the kinks out of, but um, it's slowly coming together, and I'm I'm really happy with it. Now I want to talk about this piece and the symphony of positivity that is happening here. In fact, I might use that or something else as the uh, as the title. Eric's Eric's November thoughts is uh, a little underwhelming for uh, how bullish this post is. <laughs> but before we get into it, um, if you guys like I've said over and over and over again, like this is not we are not in the fomo yet um that that's not what this looks like and i think people who have not experienced a bull market don't realize how quickly this can get away from us um like it's going to appear as if it's been overbought on the daily and 4 hour charts for 10 candles, 20 candles before things actually slow down like it's it, seriously i i, I truly think he's right like talking about like it feels like we're on the edge of a bull market and you know is that confirmation bias well what is not lining up here like everything the whole orchestra is literally playing at the same time and i i really think that that's that's where we are it feels like it in every way that it has been in the past this will be my fourth ride on this crazy freaking roller coaster um up with all the bumps, bruises and near death experiences that came along the way um but uh it feels very much like this um and this this is just a whole new level that we are sitting at right now. So if you aren't holding your own keys, um in fact there's a statistic somebody posted a chart. Urgh, I can't remember who it was. I, I hate it when I try to give credit to somebody and then uh, can't remember who the hell it was. But they posted a chart on the steep decline in the amount of Bitcoin being held on exchanges and showing that this is not a FOMO wave. Like when when there's a huge FOMO wave coming into Bitcoin, uh, historically it uh, corresponds to a sharp rise in the amount of Bitcoin on exchanges. And this is actually coinciding with a fall. People are buying and withdrawing. This is an indication that they are holding their own keys and that they are expecting a long-term position, that this is not, these are not speculators or traders. These are people who are buying Bitcoin and withdrawing it, removing it from the market. And I always encourage you guys to do this. Holding your keys is the core, it is the ultimate value proposition of Bitcoin, um, in my opinion. And, uh, that's why the sponsors that I have gotten, um, and, uh, that I have focused and worked with are all about holding your own keys. This wasn't just a random sampling. Uh, I'm very, very particular about, uh, who I would promote on my show. So if you want a good mobile wallet, our sponsor for the show, Hexa Wallet, is one that I use myself. You can set up multiple accounts. It's by default got the checking and the savings wallet. Um, and the savings is multi-sig and enables two factor. Uh, so you've got that extra degree of security if you're really storing a couple of thousand dollars on your phone. That can be a little bit stressful, so it's good to have that extra layer of security. Um, and uh, and then it's seedless backup. Um, I am storing uh, a part of uh, I don't know how many backups now, probably like fifteen or twenty, and I've got a lot of different contacts from you guys. So you know anybody who downloads and wants to check out and, use the Hexa wallet and wants me as a contact or as a part of their backup system, let me know. I'm always around to ask, uh, answer questions and uh, and help out any way I can. So check them out just by downloading it or searching it on the, the App Store, Google Play or Apple App Store. Or of course, go to guyswan.com slash Hexa, H-E-X-A, and uh, it'll take you to their uh, main page. Now back to Eric Wall's November Thoughts. This is where like I can't help but think like this this bull run is going to be very weird um I don't think it's going to be exactly like the previous ones um uh, every every major market move we've had so far has been a serious speculative bubble, and we have none of the signs of a speculative bubble right now. I want to feel that i'm sounding crazy you know i I want to feel reserved about saying that there's not going to be a correction because that seems silly to me um and there are so many times in the past where people said oh this is the new permanent high bitcoin's here the hyper bitcoinization is a couple of days around the corner and then you know things collapsed um and any sort of hundred percent increase in the price i mean we're like seventeen thousand eight hundred right now as we as i record this um, so literally it's like $1,600 higher than when Eric posted this yesterday. So at some point I'm like, you know, you, it has to draw down. Um, and it's done this every single time. It'll double in price over the period of like three or four weeks. And then it has one week of consolidation. That's like a 40%, 50% dump. And then it kind of bounce around a little bit, finds a little bit of stability and then starts going back up again. But what usually coincides with those things are Google searches, are um, increasing amounts of Bitcoin on exchanges because that's the liquidity there to sell, right? Um, It usually coincides with um, a ton of just random retail people um, talking about it endlessly and, you know, getting their nails painted with Bitcoin and altcoin symbols, a media frenzy about all sorts of just garbage and, like, tons of ignorance flowing into the into the ecosystem and i'm not really feeling that right now the the indicators do not suggest that that's what's happening this has more indication that there are some incredibly large institutions that are slowly buying up and removing supply from the market that's what it feels like that's what it looks like um, from the context of what he's talking about here that Paul Tudor Jones is looking at this, that um, uh, a Druckenmiller, a uh, Bill Miller, uh, square and MicroStrategy, um, there's that website, what is it Bitcoin treasuries Treasuries.org, I think. Um, or Bitcoin treasury, Bitcoin treasuries. Yeah, Bitcoin treasuries. Um, so you know keeping a track of you know the grayscale Bitcoin trust. Um, uh, Voyager digital, Galaxy Digital Holdings, which recently like shared details on investments they've been making over this uh, last like six or nine months. There's just a lot of institutional movement into this space, and those are going to be sustained moves. You know, microstrategy isn't looking to make a little profit here and then dump their position. Um, like they've invested, they invested four hundred twenty-five million dollars worth, and it's almost seven hundred million dollars today in just a couple of months. But they're not like, oh, we made a fifty percent profit. Let's dump it and keep our profit in dollars. They explicitly made the decision that they're afraid to hold dollars, and so they're not going to that liquidity. That uh, that supply is very likely to not ever make it back onto the market unless MicroStrategy needs to make a purchase this is their treasury strategy now this is just where they hold their funds this wave is not bitcoin competing with the other glitzy shiny crap um that you can buy this is competing now this is in this is broken into the overton window for everybody who is looking to long-term treasuries to equities to real estate Um, To a treasury strategy, to a corporate books, what are we going to hold over the long-term mindset? It's broken into that phase. And this run could easily look very different than the past ones because of that. And again, I say that with a lot of reservation because I don't want to seem like the this time it's different (laughs) uh, mantra but we are in a new playing field this time. In fact, in our crypto economy crew—excuse me—it's not—it's not the crew anymore. It's uh, the Satoshi's audio knots and the Bitcoin audio uh group that we've got. The supporting listeners group, uh, Anthony, who uh, just posted it on Twitter the other day, and I shared it out, had a phenomenal, phenomenal thread. In fact, I will post this also in um, uh, in the show notes so that you can check it out and follow Anthony too, because it was very much, it was like exactly on this line of thinking, uh, just a little bit more hardcore bullish. Uh, but I'll just actually go ahead and read it because it's just that good. Um, Everyone is ra- waiting for the FOMO. It's not going to be like 2016. The big boys have come to play. They don't FOMO. They dominate. The positions they take will be colonial. They have long time horizons, and they are not buying Bitcoin with paychecks. This bull run will cause suicides. When dumbass traders realize what they had in their hands that they sold for a measly 2-3x, working-class whole coiners will start to be few and far between. Because buying a whole coin will require you to sell your house. This next four years is not just the next cycle, it's the next phase, where governments will have to respond, where criminals are going to step up their game, Where publicly declaring that you have a whole Bitcoin could be dangerous to you and your family. This bull run is not going to be a retail FOMO extravaganza. This bull run is the beginning of the fall of fiat. This bull run will cement Satoshi's white paper as one of the most important documents in human history. There will be no 80% correction. There will be no fall from 300,000 to 50K. Grayscale is not a weak hand micro strategy is not a weak hand fidelity is not a weak hand the institutions that are buying bitcoin couldn't give a shit about when lambo they get lambos for free they control governments people expect that hyper-Bitcoinization will occur with government adoption the companies that are and will buy in the next year are the ones that have governments in their pockets there will be no 80% correction now there is a lot of truth in this Uh, in this little thread that he breaks down here. And it's very possible that because of the phase uh, that we are moving into, and I I genuinely think he might be right, that we're, we're moving into a completely different environment when it comes from the financial side of things with Bitcoin, that we could see a strong, slow, sustained move upwards. And I honestly don't know where that ends. Now, with that said, you know, it's not as if there's no froth in the market. Like, there's always froth in the market. That's how I, I like to think about it. So, um, like, when we're talking about, like, a speculative or retail bubble in uh, in Bitcoin like we had in 2017, uh, it's, like, pouring beer way, way, way too fast into a giant mug, and you get, like, 10% drink and then 90% froth. And uh, slowly that froth will, you know, condense down back into more drink. But, you know, when it goes too fast, you overfill and then inevitably you have to go back down. Like you have to account for that massive amount of froth. So you get a huge drawdown and any, any sort of 100% move in a month or whatever is going to have a drawdown. Um, But another place where you get massive amounts of froth in the market is in something where there's massive amounts of money printing like that's what we have in the s&p that's what we have in equities um and like uh, eric wall said in in the post here um is that they don't make any sense the profit earnings ratios of these companies are nonsensical they are being used they have a monetary premium to the equities now because there's nowhere else to store value due to all the money printing and the interest rate manipulation and the the pushing debt onto the economy, uh, what it has actually done is it's given a whole bunch of assets that we would normally have a very standard, logical way to value. It's given them monetary premiums. Real estate now has a monetary premium because people are using it just to park wealth. Equities now have a monetary premium. So companies that are losing money Literally billions of dollar, like billion dollar companies that have lost money every single year and have never turned a profit are going up in value. This literally destroys all of the valuation models we had for stocks and equities. This is froth. So it's made, it's essentially made what used to be strong institutional markets with very Strong metrics and valuations into that frothy speculative retail bubble, but when serious institutions like MicroStrategy, Fidelity, Square, uh, Grayscale, um, when you get large institutional investors on CME and backed who are uh, perching this for long-term positions, when we start looking at Bitcoin as a a treasury. Strategy as a place to hold value over the long term. And then most importantly, when they are buying an asset that doesn't inflate at all, or at least inflates in a very slow and incredibly predictable way, where its supply is entirely inelastic in response to the demand. When you have an asset that is that securely finite, that they are buying into, there's like no froth on that that's a really full glass with just a little bit of froth on top. And then coincide that with the the downfall of BitMEX, which is basically a froth generator. <laughs> we could we could be looking at a really some really sustained moves that do not have the pullbacks that uh Bitcoin is used to in its history. And like Eric Wall said, you know, $16,000 is a perfectly reasonable valuation. Um, in fact, in this environment, I think, I don't think it's going to be very long before we're talking about truly comparing this thing with gold um, in the realm of market cap. And remember, their inflation rates are basically equal right now. The amount of new gold being mined out of the ground has historically been between like 1.5% and 2% of the actual supply um, I actually looked this up not too long ago, and um it's actually been going up a little bit because uh, the gold price has been going up, and therefore, you know, miners um uh, and mining companies will find new reserves. And then a higher price obviously justifies them going further out or committing more resources to doing the mining. Um but uh, I don't have the actual number, and I haven't been able to find it. But I would venture to guess it's somewhere around two percent. It usually is when it's on the high side. Bitcoin's inflation rate right now is about 1.8%. In fact, we can calculate it exactly. It's like 1.771%. And even on a good year, gold is usually like 1.6. Bitcoin is quite possibly the least inflationary, independent, and non-centralized asset on the planet right now. And for everyone who heard about it in 2017 in the ridiculous speculative retail hype FOMO cycle that we had gone through during that year um, and then dismissed it ever since, everyone who heard about it then is now hearing about it again. And people who in their frame of reference should not be talking about it are talking about it in a very serious manner. Eric Wall calling this psychological warfare on no coiners. I thought was hilarious because it is. They they're you're not going to be able to dismiss it this time. So be prepared, be there to answer your no coiner friends and family members questions, um, and of course direct them to Bitcoin Audible. You know that is the best place to learn and dig into all of this stuff. And on that note, actually, I just posted a uh, the chat from yesterday with Alex Svetsky uh, on YouTube. And I've got a lot of videos coming there, so keep an eye out. Make sure to follow me on YouTube. You can just find me at Guy Swan. Easy link to it at GuySwan.com. And of course, while you're over there, don't forget to check out Hexa Wallet, um, our wonderful sponsor for the show, uh, which is a great mobile wallet for holding your own keys. And then of course, uh, a hardware wallet for your deep savings. The BitBox by Shift Crypto. You can find that at guyswan.com slash hexa and guyswan.com slash bitbox. But for now, all I got to say is, you know, get your your house in order, get your backups, uh, uh, confirm and make sure your backups are in the right place. Withdraw your coins and hold your own keys. I'll say it every single episode if I have to um, until I know everyone has done it. And of course, share out Bitcoin Audible with everybody you know who is entering the Bitcoin space. We are going to have to answer a buttload of questions and educate a lot of no-coiners. And that will be our responsibility to teach them what they need to know so that they can be safe in this new environment. So get ready, everybody, because as Eric Wall said, the orchestra has just started playing. With that, I'll catch you on the next episode of Bitcoin Audible. And until then, take it easy, guys. This has been a one eleven production, and you were listening to Bitcoin Audible on the Crypto Economy Network.